0: <laughs> and laughs Theatre of the Mind The best love programs from radio's golden age Only on Zoomer Radio Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor
1: Thank you, and welcome to the show Tonight we begin with The Life of Riley with William Bendix in the lead role He typically played rough, blue-collar characters, but he's best remembered in the films for the title role in the Babe Ruth story. And how about this for coincidence? In the early 1920s, Bendix was a bat boy for the New York Yankees and said he saw Babe Ruth hit more than 100 home runs at Yankee Stadium. However, he was fired after fulfilling Ruth's request for a large order of hot dogs and soda before a game, which resulted in Ruth being unable to play that day. Wow. Years later, he would play that baseball legend. And, of course, as far as his radio career goes, he was wonderful as the clumsily earnest aircraft plant worker Chester A. Riley. Here he is, folks. You laughed with him when he played the
2: Marine in the movie Wake Island, and soon you'll see him in Two Years Before the Mass. He's Hollywood's magnificent mug. Well, I may not have looks, but I got brains. Why, I got brains in my head that I never even used yet. (laughs) The American Meat Institute presents William Bendix in The Life of Riley. lunchtime at the Los Angeles Aircraft Plant, where Chester A. Riley employs his talents as a riveter. At the moment, Riley's own private debating club is in session. The members being Riley and his co-worker, Jim Gillis. And the topic for today is their usual one. The respective virtues of their sons. Say that again, Gillis. Okay, but
3: I already said it
4: four times. My boy, Egg White, is the most popular boy in the John J. Boskowitz Junior High School. Uh,
3: It's wonderful what fathers will do for their children They'll even commit perjury
4: (laughs) Listen, Riley, are you insinuating that
3: I am distorting the facts? Oh, I wouldn't go that far, Gilles You're you're just allergic to telling the truth (laughs) Listen, once and for all How can your boy be the most popular boy In the John J. Buskowitz Junior High School When my boy also goes to that school? Quit
1: What do you mean, quit?
3: Well, that's a geometry term. Q-E-D. Quit. <laughs> means I just proved you're wrong.
4: I ain't talking geometry.
3: I'm talking my boy Eggbert. Listen, what makes you so sure your eggbird is the most popular?
4: What makes you so sure your junior is the most popular?
3: Don't change the subject. <laughs> I asked you a question. Okay, I'll answer. All right. You.
4: In the first place, you got to admit that my Eggbert is good looking.
3: Honest, Gillis, your boy ain't good-looking. You're just used to him.
5: I ain't used to
3: him. He's good-looking. Well, if your Egbert is good-looking, it's thanks to my junior. He straightened out his teeth for him. Now, don't get sore, Riley. This is just a friendly discussion. He's certainly better-looking than your kid. Gillis, you're just prejudiced. <laughs> How can you say Egbert is prettier than Junior when Junior inherited his looks from a very handsome man?
5: Oh, I thought you were his father.
3: (laughs) 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 Very funny, very funny.
5: Okay, I'll give you a
3: break, Riley. We'll call it a tie. After all, in boys' looks ain't everything. My Egbert is also smart as a whip. Well, maybe he is, but I never met a whip that did anything clever. My Junior is smarter than a whip. And my egg bite ain't only popular with the pupils. Once, he even had tea at the principal's house. Well, my boy doesn't drink. <laughs> only milk.
4: You're gonna be stubborn, huh, you? Okay. Now, I'll prove to you, Egg Bites the most popular.
3: Go ahead, I'm listening with a closed mind.
5: <laughs>
3: but remember, when it comes to popularity, my boy, Junior, was just re-elected president of his club for a fourth term.
5: <laughs>
3: well, maybe so, but hear me out You, uh, heard about the pre-Christmas dance the school is giving? Yeah, only this year they're having it before Christmas My junior's going <laughs> Well, so's my egg boy Now, uh, tell me, Riley, uh
5: you hear of a little girl in
3: the eighth grade by the name of Marilyn Morris? Well, sure, my junior's got a big crush on her uh. She's very popular, huh? Mm-hmm. And all the boys is dying to take her to the dance, huh? That's right. So it figures the boy she goes with must be the most popular. You agree? You sure. Now I got you. I'll bet you Marilyn will go with my egg bite to the dance. She will not. I'll bet you she'll go with my junior. Ha ha
1: ha. We'll see. <laughs>
3: Union. Oh, Pop Oh, I see you're playing with your chemistry set, huh?
6: Oh, well, I'm not playing, Pop I'm making an experiment
3: Well, watch out You don't stain the wallpaper When we rented this house The landlady took inventory And counted all the spots on the wall
6: <laughs>
3: uh, What are you trying to do, anyway?
6: Oh, well, I'm trying to combine the sodium in this test tube With the chlorine in this retort To make N-A-C-L So.
3: What kind of an education are you getting? <laughs> Since when does NaCl spell salt?
5: <laughs>
3: that spells knuckle.
6: NaCl is a chemical symbol for salt, sodium chloride.
3: Oh, Junior, salt is okay, but, but but haven't you got something important to do? Like like making an important phone call?
6: I don't have to make any phone calls.
3: You well? Know? Oh, well then you've already asked her to go to your school dance. Ask who? Well, this swell girl, this Marilyn Morris.
6: Hmm. She wouldn't go with me. How do you know she won't? Well, oh, she, Pop. She's the most popular girl in school, and well, I better go with Babs. Babs?
3: Who's this girl, Babs? What kind of a girl is she?
5: Babs! My sister!
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah You will not take your sister I refuse to allow any fellow with as little nerve as you got to take out my
6: daughter (laughs) Oh, gee, you think I want to take my own sister to the dance? I'd rather take Marilyn, but Every time I get to the phone to call her, I get a funny feeling my like butterflies in my stomach. Oh, so that's it.
3: You got an interior complex.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sit down, junior, I-, I think I can help you. Yeah. Son, every boy has got to face certain dangerous things in his life. First you had measles, then you had chicken pox, then you had the mumps, and now it's time for girls.
5: <laughs> What's your
3: phone number?
6: Evergreen 4321. But, Pop, I like girls, but. But, when I have to talk to them, I get scared. Weren't you ever scared like that, Pop?
3: <laughs> no, not about phoning them. The only time I was ever scared of a girl was when I proposed to your mother. Right in the middle of the proposal, I forgot what I wanted to say.
5: <laughs>
3: oh, what did Mom do? She prompted me.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Junior, it's
3: silly for a guy to be scared of a girl of the opposite sex Now, now, go on Go, 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 Miss go, go ahead
6: No, I can't, Pop Not now Now, listen,
3: Junior you Hello,
6: don't... Dad Oh, hello,
3: Babs Listen, will you tell this brother of yours not to be afraid of phoning up Marilyn and asking her to the dance?
6: Oh, I have been telling him, but it's no use. He's scared silly. Oh, cut it out.
3: Go on, Junior. Phone. There's nothing to be scared of. I'll tell you exactly what to say. When Marilyn answers, the first thing you say is, hello. That'll kind of break the ice. Then you say, listen, Marilyn, I'm taking you to the dance, and I won't take no for an answer.
6: Oh, no, Dad. You must never say that to a girl.
3: Please, Beth, don't tell me what to say to a girl.
5: <laughs>
3: Remember, I've taken out more girls than you have. Well, all right, if you want to ruin everything. Now, you, you you, listen to me, Junior. First, you'll say no, and then you say, okay, if that's the way you feel about it, there's a million girls I could take.
6: And I think I'll take them.
3: <laughs> and then watch her snap up your offer. Oh,
6: no, she won't, pop. I know she won't. Junior's right. If a fellow ever spoke to me like that, I'd hang up on him. You will not hang up on him. You'll accept his
3: offer. You'll go to the dance with
6: him. Dad, no one is phoning me. Oh, yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Now, listen, Junior, stop stalling. Take the bulldog by the horns and phone Marilyn. No, I'm not phoning. I don't want to go
6: to the old dance. I just want to be left alone. (laughs) Now, what brought that up? Riley, what's the matter with Junior? Ran out of the house? Oh, Mother, Dad's been trying to get him to phone Marilyn Morris and ask her to go with him to the school dance. Oh, Riley,
3: will you let Junior take care of his own business? But, Peg, the boy needs help. I'm I'm only trying to build up his (laughs) self-confidence. He's got to take Marilyn to the dance.
6: What if he doesn't? He'll get along.
3: Oh, I I won't. That Gillis will just... Gillis!
6: Oh, so that's it. Oh, Dad, you're always arguing with Mr. Gillis about how wonderful Junior is.
3: Well, what else can a father argue about? The election's over. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
3: Baseball don't start until spring. Well, I'll show that, Gillis. Hand me that phone, babe. Riley, what are you up to? Well, if Junior won't phone Marilyn, I will. Oh, she yes. But, Dad,
6: you can't two. do that. Now, stop worrying. Riley. Put that phone down. Every time you butt into Junior's business, you get him into trouble. Hello? uh,
3: Hello. I mean, uh... Hello? (laughs)
6: Uh,
3: Please, could I speak to Marilyn, please?
5: This is Marilyn. Who is
3: speaking? Uh, You don't know me, but I'm a friend of Junior Riley. Oh, Riley, stop this nonsense. Who was
5: that?
3: Oh, that was my wife. I I mean... (laughs) I mean my mother. That was my mother.
5: Oh, So you're a friend of Junior
3: Riley. Oh, sure. You know Junior, captain of the football team, star first baseman and high-scoring forward of the basketball team.
6: If that's what you're going to tell me, I find it all very boring. Goodbye. Oh, wait. Wait a
3: minute. Uh, uh, Junior asked me to call you because he's got a sore throat. Junior wants you to go with him to the dance, and he won't take no for an answer.
6: Oh, he won't, won't he?
3: No, and if he wants to, he can take a million other girls.
6: Well, let him.
5: But, but, but.
6: I'm not interested in any man who has to get some child to do his phoning for him. Goodbye. We were cut off. You
7: mean she hung up? I told you that line of yours
6: wouldn't work.
3: <laughs> That's funny. It worked with you, Peg.
7: <laughs> yeah. But hearing it again, I don't know how it did.
3: Now, dump it.
6: Oh, there's Junior now. You better tell him what you've done. Now,
3: now, now, no, wait, Peg. Stay here. Remember, you own 50% of Junior.
6: I'm not going to have anything to do with
3: it. Bob... Dad's honey. No,
6: thank you, Dad. Not me. I'm not getting into this.
3: This is the thanks I get for trying to be a father.
6: <laughs> oh, here you are, Pop.
3: Listen, Junior. I... Pop, I've
6: been thinking things over, and I'm going to take your advice. I'm phoning Marilyn right away. Oh,
3: now, 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 don't be hasty, Junior. You...
6: No, you were right, Pop. There's no sense in putting it off. I gotta do it sooner or later. Well, I
3: gave you a choice, so do it later,
6: huh? Please. Well, it's silly to be scared of girls. I'll show you I got nerves. No, no,
3: Junior, don't phone. H- hang up, Junior.
6: But Bob, you were just trying to get me to Hello? Oh, um Hello, Marilyn. Uh, this is Junior Riley. Junior Riley. Well, you've certainly got your nerve calling me. You ought to be a shit getting your idiotic friend to phone me. What, Marilyn? I'll never speak to you again as long as I live. But Marilyn! Hello? Marilyn? Marilyn? What? She hung up. She said something about an idiotic friend of mine that phoned her. (laughs) Fop? What's the matter? Your face is getting red all over
3: Uh, 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 Must be my tight shoes
6: (laughs) Pop Uh, You You phoned her?
3: Junior I didn't mean any harm. I, I was trying to help you, and it, 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 it ain't as bad as you think. Look, look, look let's forget about it. You, you go to the movies. Wait a minute. H- here's a quarter. Junior, oh, pa. Uh, junior, ju- junior, come back here, will you? Uh, believe me, there's a lot more important things in life than girls, and if you'll give me a little time, I'll think of
5: one. <laughs>
2: Well, Riley certainly has messed up his son's social life, at least temporarily, and there will be further developments in just a moment. Well, Riley put his foot in it again. His attempt to get a date for his son, Junior, for the school dance by phoning Marilyn Morris and pretending to be a friend of Junior's, ended in disaster. Now Marilyn won't speak to Junior, and Junior won't speak to his father.
3: My own son, and he won't even talk to me.
5: It's your own fault.
3: I even offered to mow the lawn for him. (laughs) He didn't say a word.
6: Well, you'll get over it in a day or two. Now, stop worrying. And if your friend Gillis teases your... Oh, I ain't
3: worried about Gillis. It's what I done to Junior.
6: Well, next time, don't butt in. Uh, Well, we gotta go and hang out the
3: wall. I'm gonna stay flat on this couch and turn this over on my head. Who's that? It's me. Bog well, the doors open. Huh? It ain't my favorite undertaker. How are you, Digger?
8: Excellent, Riley. You're looking fine. Very natural.
5: <laughs> Wait, Digger.
8: Let me hang up your coat. Oh, don't bother getting up, Riley. Just lie there on the couch. I don't mind.
3: I uh, think I'd rather sit up.
8: <laughs> you seem depressed, Riley. So I think I'll cheer you up. Have you heard the latest one? First man, it's a bad day for the race. Second man, what race? First man, the human race. (laughs) Isn't that a scream?
3: Yeah, I think I'll lie down again.
8: What's wrong, Riley? I can see something is troubling you.
3: Well, yeah, something is.
8: Riley, you can trust me. I won't tell it to a living
5: soul.
3: <laughs> well, figure it's all on account of a dance.
8: Oh, a dance. The art of the I adore dancing.
5: It's so gay. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one
3: ain't gonna be for Junior. You see, he was afraid to ask a certain girl to this dance, and so I phoned her and made out I was a boyfriend of his, and, well, I spoiled everything.
8: It know? isn't hopeless, Riley. If I were Junior, I'd dig up another girl. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well,
3: you could do that. You, but Junior wants to go with this particular marrow.
8: I sympathize with the lad. When I was a boy, somehow I could never get a girl to go to parties with me. I don't know why. I was just as much fun then as I am now.
5: Uh, I don't
3: know. I wish there was some way to square things for Junior before he disowns me as his father.
8: There is, Riley. Go to this girl and confess everything. <laughs> then she'll forgive Junior.
3: Yeah. That's what I'll do. I'll go and confess. I'm glad I thought of that.
8: Would you like me to? Would you like me to drive you there? There's plenty of room in my car.
5: <laughs>
3: no thanks, Digger. I'll see it through alone. This is my funeral. Oops,
8: that reminds me. I have an appointment.
5: <laughs>
8: well, Jerry on, Me not on the lone
5: prairie. <laughs>
8: Yes?
3: Uh, pardon me, does Marilyn Morris live here? She does. I'm her father. Well, could I see her, please, sir?
9: What is it
10: about?
3: Well, I,
2: I want to find out
3: if she still hasn't got a date for the school dance.
5: <laughs>
2: Indeed. Aren't you a little too old for that sort of thing?
3: Oh, no, no, I, I don't want to take her to the dance. My wife would not like it. I, I, I mean I mean, my son wouldn't. I, I
6: mean I, I, I
3: just oh, want to tell her something
6: ra- oh, oh, pardon me, I didn't know you had company.
3: I haven't you have Marilyn.
6: Oh, uh,
3: I'm Mr. Riley. Junior's my father. I, I mean
5: <laughs> i'm I, I mean
3: I'm his son. I, I mean I, I, I'm pleased to meet you, Marilyn. Have a cigar. No, no, no. I didn't, I, uh, you, Morris, uh, 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 Mr. Morris... Was... I don't smoke. Uh,
6: you wanted to see me, Mr. Riley?
3: Well, yeah, I wanted to talk to you, uh, private-like. <clears throat> I, uh, figured if you were alone... <clears throat> there's something I gotta tell you just between the two of us.
5: <clears throat>
2: you can cough your head off, Mr. Riley, but I insist on being present during any conversation you have with my daughter.
3: Ah, oh, well... Well, uh, well, Marilyn, yesterday you you got a phone call from somebody who said he was a friend of Junior?
6: Yes, and of all the silly little dopes I ever heard, he certainly takes the cake.
3: My Junior is no dope.
6: I mean his friend who phoned.
3: Oh. Oh, well... Well, don't you think you're being a little hard on
2: Junior's friend? She is not. I happen to overhear that conversation on the extension in my study.
5: Father. And I
2: must say, Mr. Riley, if the boy who telephoned is the type your son associates with, I forbid Marilyn to have anything to do with him.
5: <laughs> now,
3: listen now. The boy who phoned is a very fine tripe. He's
6: a drip. I wish you... I knew who it
3: was. Now, I... that, that's what I come to tell you.
6: You
3: know? Yes.
8: I'm the drip. You? Yesterday, I wouldn't have believed it. Today, I do. Well, you
3: you see, Junior was dying to ask you to the dance, but he was too scared to phone you, so that's why I did. He he didn't know anything about it.
6: Oh, I see. Oh, I wish I'd known. I wouldn't have spoken to Junior the way I did. Oh, I'm sorry.
3: Oh, d- then you ain't sorry, Junior?
6: Of course not. You forgive him, huh? Certainly. Oh, well,
3: okay, then it's all settled. Junior will call for you, 8 o'clock, Saturday night. Oh,
6: no, no, I well, can't go with him to wait. the dance. I'd like to, but I can't.
3: Well, why not?
6: I've already accepted a date with Egbert Gillis.
3: You... <laughs> what a wonderful pal I turned out to be. For Egbert Gillis.
5: Well,
6: we're off to the
5: movies,
6: Riley.
3: Uh, have a good time, Dumplin'. Come
6: on, Dad, dear. Junior, are you sure you don't want to go to the dance tonight? I'd be glad to go with you. No, I don't want to go to
3: the dance. Ah, you just leave Junior alone. He'll be okay with me. Go on, go ahead, go, ahead, go
6: ahead. All right, then. Yeah. Good night. Good night.
3: Bye. Bye. Oh, cheer up, Junior. Tonight, us men are going to make a night of, huh? How's about starting off with uh, the with snappy game of checkers, huh? I'll...
6: I don't feel like checkers.
3: Well, then, how's about showing me how you make salt on your chemistry set?
6: No, I just want to sit here and think. About what? Oh, about life and how mixed up it gets.
3: Junior, you've got to learn to smile. Listen, I heard a great joke today. Listen, first man, ain't this a bad day for the game? Second man, what game? Third man, the
6: human game.
5: <laughs> Ain't that
6: funny, Junior? <laughs> yeah, Pop, it's hilarious. Oh, I told you I'd cheer you up. Now let's go in. Oh, I'll get it, Junior.
3: Oh, it's you, Gillis. Good evening, Riley. Oh, take it easy, Riley. Don't close the door on my foot. Oh, I'm very sorry.
6: Come on in, Akeby. Hello, Mr. Riley. Hello, Junior. Oh, Egbert.
3: I know why you're here, Gillis. All right, go on. Go ahead. gloat. <coughs> oh, on.
2: no, Riley. I wouldn't
3: come for that. Uh, we just happened to pass by on our yeah. way to pick up Marilyn. So uh, I figured maybe I could give Junior a lift to the dance. Well, oh, that's very thoughtful of you, Gillis, to go four miles out of your way and use up a half a gallon of General Eisenhower's gas. But it so happens Junior ain't going to the dance. Him and me are sitting this one out. You don't see Oh well, don't take it too hard, Junior. Some kids are cut out for social life and some ain't. It ain't that. Junior's got more important things to do than go dancing. He's staying home tonight to to to, to, to work out some chemistry experiments. He's he, he's gonna make salt. What for? You can get a whole pound for a dime.
5: <laughs>
3: he's inventing it with his chemistry set.
6: So? That's baby stuff.
4: Sure, my exploit makes I a dime with his chemistry set.
5: Made a whole bottle of iodine last night Ah,
4: well, he should have
6: pasted a picture of your face on a bottle
5: <laughs> <laughs>
6: How could you make iodine, Egbert? We don't learn that till a senior year I did so make it, didn't
3: I, Father? Yes, sir, the
6: finest iodine
3: I ever saw How do you know it? Did you taste it?
4: You don't believe us, huh? No Where's your chemistry set, Junior? In
6: the other room. Okay, come on, Egbert Oh, but, Father, I'll be late for the day No, no, you
4: won't You'll see, Riley Whether
3: it's social stuff or chemistry my egg is a
6: great little mixer. <laughs> well, Egbert, uh, when do we get the iodine? In a minute, Father. Just as soon as I heat this test tube. Egbert, I think you made a mistake. You should... I be. know what I'm doing, Junior. Sure, Egbert
3: knows what he's doing. Junior, don't interfere with Monsieur Egbert's as Come on, Egbert, we're waiting. Come
6: on. All I've got to do is hold this flame under the test tube. Oh, up! Egbert! Oh, I'm all right, Father. I'm not hurt. I guess
5: I made a mistake. but where are your eyebrows? <laughs> I don't see your eyebrows.
3: <laughs> Holy smoke, his
6: eyes are bald. Where's the mirror? Where's the mirror, Papa? Oh, here, look. My
5: eyebrows. Oh, don't cry, Egbert. <laughs> I haven't got any eyes. Now look,
3: Edward. Now, now, don't take it so hard. Now, so you won't grow up to be a John L. Lewis.
5: What? Anyway, <laughs> hey, you you'll be late for the dance.
6: I can't go to a dance without eyebrows. You don't dance on your eyebrows. Come on now.
5: I don't like I All right,
6: don't go, but
5: stop trying, please. Quick, Junior, get dressed in your best suit. Dressed? Yeah,
3: if I know women inside of 15 minutes, you're going to get a call from a certain young lady whose initials are Marilyn Morris.
6: Bob, it's over 15 minutes and
3: Marilyn hasn't phoned. Oh, she'll phone. Just give her time. Remember, Junior, when she phones, play hard to get now. Now, now keep cool. Don't be nervous. I'll, I'll take you to her house in a taxi. Now, let's get ready. We better get. Where's my hat? On your head. Well, never mind. I'll look for it later.
6: <laughs> now,
3: now, now, be calm. Now, relax, Junior. Oh, that, that's her. I told you she's I'll, I'll answer first. But, Bob! You, you listen in. Uh, hello?
6: Oh, Mr. Riley, this is Marilyn Morris. May
3: I speak to Junior, please? Well, he's kind of tied up now. No, Pop, no.
6: It's very important. It's about
3: the dance. I'd like him to take me. Well, if he can tear himself away from the girls.
6: Girls? Oh,
3: yeah. The house is full of them. <laughs> always after Junior.
6: Well, and that? Give case... me the phone, now, Pop. Oh, Marilyn, Mrs. Junior, I'll be glad to take you to the dance. I'll call for you in five minutes of taxi. Goodbye. She's gone with me. She's gone with me. Well,
3: sure. Just like I told you, Junior. It always works. Play hard to get.
2: Here's a special message from our star, Riley himself, William Bendix.
3: Folks, all over the world, millions of American boys are carrying the flags of the United States and the United Nations ever forward to victory. That victory over our barbaric enemies is inevitable, we know. That all too many brave young men will never return to share the fruits of peace we also know. If these men are willing to stake their lives on what they believe, in, the least we, safe here at home, can do is to give them weapons they must have to fight with. We must buy war bonds, lots of them, more than we think we can afford. Each bond we buy is an investment in America's future and a tribute to those who are willing to die to protect that investment. Good night.
2: Don't forget to live the life of Riley with us every week at this very same time. Next week, Riley goes to adult evening school and gets entangled with a love star female. We think you'll enjoy the results. This is Ken Niles in Hollywood saying tonight. This is the Blue
1: Network. Stay tuned for Vincent Price as the Saint next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for The Saint on Theater of the Mind.
7: The saint.
4: Hi, Mr. Templer. Theodore. Excuse me while I drag her in, huh? Drag her? Oh, (laughs) okay. She is in. Good. She is a very nice tuba, Mr. Templer. Perhaps.
9: I will take her out of the case now but, and... Theodore, if you lift that confounded thing to your lips, you're a dead man. You do not have to get violent, Mr. Templer. I don't. <laughs> Theodore, you forget that on one occasion you trapped me. I have heard you play that thing. Well, uh... I have never before nor since wanted to be deaf. Well, Mr. Templar, I have been practicing since then. Are you trying to tell me you now play better?
4: Well, louder. Goodbye, Theodore. I have got a problem. I don't doubt it. But not what you think. It ain't the neighbors. Oh, they've all moved out, huh? The landlord nailed my windows down.
9: He's a man of genius.
4: My problem is something else. It would help if I... Keep
9: away from that tuba. But I only want to play... I've never strangled anyone yet, but there can always be a first time. Okay, I won't demonstrate. But you heard me play. Five years of my life went down the drain on that unhappy day. What did I play for you? It
4: had a title? Well, I guess it don't really matter. On account of I only know one piece, so...
9: Well, anyways, that's what I played for Mr. Stanley. Who uh, so immediately, and no doubt happily, proceeded to return to Africa, yodeling for Livingston? Nah. Mr. Stanley is hard of hearing? No nah. He's a maniac? Nah. He hates
4: music? No, nah, he is the guy who owns the Stanley Casino, which is kind of upstate and is a very swanky roadhouse-type roadhouse. Oh, you had him tied to a chair? Mr. Templer, he asked me to play. He called me up and asked me to come over and play. And? And after he heard me play, he hired
9: me. Oh? To do what? Sweep the roadhouse? To play the tuba in his band. You know, it doesn't happen very often, but tonight it's happened. Words have failed me.
4: Not only has Mr. Stanley hired me, but he is going to pay me a hundred bucks a week. And not only is he going to pay me a hundred bucks a week, he also handed over a hundred bucks in advance. In cash.
9: Hmm. Theodore, I suppose I should congratulate you. Oh, thanks. But what's your problem? Mr. Templer, I love to play the tuba. But I don't play it good, I know that. You're an
4: honest man, Theodore. Even I sometimes can't stand the sounds I make. (laughs) Mr. Templer, nobody would pay me go to play if it was legitimate. You may be right, Theodore. So what should I do? I still got the whole hundred bucks. Should I give it back to Mr. Stanley? What kind of a man is he, anyway, by reputation? From what I have heard around, he is a very big operator type. And I do not think he has had a reputation ever since he was expelled from reform school. Oh? Why was he expelled? Oh, he lowered the tone of the place. Hmm. Theodore, when do you start working for him? I make my debut tonight. Debut, I see. So what I'm asking you, Mr. Templer, is will you please be there when I debut? That means there will be at least one friend of mine in the audience, and I got a feeling I am going to need a friend.
9: You may be right, Theodore, but if the roadhouse is the kind of place most roadhouses are, the patrons will be thinking of other things than music anyway. Yeah, but suppose they think of murder. Mr. Templer. Yes, Louie? It ain't none of my business. Will that stop you? No. I didn't think it would. One of these days, I'm going to hail somebody else's cab. So then what happens to my wife and my six? No, 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 don't 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 say it. I haven't got a wife and six kids. You never will have if you don't keep your eye on the
7: road. Up here in the country, what could I run into? A tree. True. Yeah, but Mr. Templer, I started to ask you something. You're going to the Stanley Casino.
4: The Stanley Casino is in the country. Westchester, Louis. Yeah, well, same thing. Also,
9: the Stanley Casino is a very romantic place. Fellas take their girls there. Now, you're not uh, equipped with a girl, therefore... Why why am I going there? To listen to a friend of mine play the tuba. Well, one thing you can say for that, it's different. It's also true. Yeah. Mr. Temple, I'm not saying I can understand why a guy
4: would want to play a tuba in the first place. But maybe he's got a reason... But for somebody to
9: voluntarily listen to him, then there's no excuse. <laughs> I'm fond of Theodore, Louis. I have a feeling he may be in trouble. Oh, that I can understand. You see, he must have been hired for a reason that has nothing to do with his tuba playing. Now, what it is, I can't imagine. Maybe you should have stopped him. I couldn't, Louie. It was a job, and, oh, I don't know, maybe I should have, maybe not. I feel a little like Hamlet. Oh, this I got a feeling I'm going to regret. What do you mean you feel like Hamlet? He couldn't decide either. Of course you remember his famous soliloquy. I think the children should ought to be sent to bed right now. The one that begins, tuba or not tuba, that is the question. Oh, it's a nice joint, Mr. Templer. So it is. Nice of you to ask me in to dinner. Can you afford it? The prices are a little high. My steak would have bought a cow, Perhaps, but it wouldn't have bought a floor show. And judging from the decor, the floor will shortly have plenty to show. I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) Embarrassed, maybe, but surprised, no. Hey, look, the band is slamming into the bandstand. Yeah, I know. Only trouble is... Oh, I don't see no tube. No Theodore either. Maybe he got fired. Before he even started to play? No... Louie, i um, finished my dinner. Don't have to digest it for a while yet, so if you want to go pay a visit or something... I very definitely do. Come along. Okay. Only where are we going? Well, there's a door at the left of the bandstand. Several people have used it. We might try it. Could
7: be maybe an exit.
9: Well, then the head waiter will stop it. Yeah, and He ain't so? So we try it. Mm-hmm. Well, very nice hallway. Got
10: walls on both sides.
9: Yeah, not to mention a roof light coming through the transom of that door up ahead. Mr. Templer,
7: we're looking for Theodore?
9: We're looking at the moment for anyone we can find.
7: I don't hear much noise coming
9: out of that room. Uh, This might be Stanley's office. Come here. Good evening, Mr. uh, Stanley. Ah. Mm -hmm. Guests here, gentlemen? Yes. Well, of
10: course, I'm always delighted to see guests in person, but... I'm sure my head waiter will do anything to
9: satisfy you. Tell me, uh, does he employ the musicians for your orchestra? Are you a musician? Well, not exactly. We're interested in one of your musicians. That's all? Uh, which one? Theodore. Theodore Coogan. Coogan? Hmm. Coogan. Hmm. Well, I'm sorry, but the name isn't familiar.
10: I, of course, I know all the boys in the band, of course. Uh, what does he play?
9: He, uh, <laughs> well, he insults
10: the tuba. Tuba? Hmm. Well, I'm sorry, but uh, we don't have a tuba in my band. What made you think your friend Theodore might be playing for me? A oh, rumor? Well, I'm afraid it was an incorrect rumor. However, if your friend's a good man, you know, the novelty might be worth something. Send him along to me, and I'll i will see. Hmm? Oh, that would be very nice of you. Only thinking of the casino, that's all. And now, uh, why don't you gentlemen run along and enjoy the floor show? Oh, thank
9: you, thank you. That's exactly what we'll do. My apologies for having intruded.
10: Not at all, not at all. It's a pleasure to meet you. Good night. Good night. Good night.
9: Oh, real courtly type, huh? Mm, Very. Come along, Louie. Hey, this ain't the way back to the floor. I know it isn't. We're not returning there. Why not? We don't approve of floor shows? It's not that. Back to the building would be around this abandoned. Come on, Louie. We'd better go back. Uh, Mr. Templer. I could lend you a few bucks if you're short and you're trying to dump it in a bill. You know, I <laughs> But it isn't money I'm worrying about at the moment. It leads right back to the casino floor, which is bad. Therefore, we're left with... Uh, oh, yeah, that staircase. We go up quickly. Okay. Up. Of course, we don't know what's upstairs, but at least we may not be expected there. Is that good? That's better than what's likely to happen downstairs.
10: What makes you think something's liable to happen downstairs? The
9: instant I mentioned Theodore to Stanley, he casually pressed a button at the side of his desk. A button which I suspect is his equivalent for a danger signal. Danger to who? I'm afraid, Louis, to us. Oh. Turning to landing and. Another hallway. Well, I'll have to try. So far, all this upstairs consists of is a lot of doors which are locked. The rooms are probably used for storage. Stanley will realize shortly that we didn't return to the floor show. The back door was guarded, so he'll know we didn't leave through it, which means... Yeah, he'll come up and see us sometimes, and the sometimes it's going to be now. It is. Of course, I don't know whether Stanley intends anything too drastic. We haven't seen Theodore. supposing we have. Well, let's try this door. This one's open. Come on. quite a sweet.
10: <sighs> they better didn't use some sweet air in this suite. <laughs> hey,
5: maybe they ducked up here. Hey, shut
10: the door, boys. Okay.
9: Is there a bolt on the door?
10: Yeah. I slide it?
9: You slide it.
10: it. You know, it ain't very strong. Yeah.
9: Window over on this side. Hey, it's a room with a view. Yeah? Yeah, what we've got is a view of the parking lot. Directly below the window is an extension of the building proper. Mr. Templer, this is the time to get architecture. The window. Oh, it's cold it hey, out. Right. Out, Louis. The roof of the extension is only a few feet below. So it's out. Good.
7: It's a solid roof, Mr. Templar. Good. Move over. <laughs> so we're out on the roof, so?
9: Hey, wait a minute, Louis. Huh? Someone down there in the parking lot. Oh yeah.
10: And even from here, I can see he's carrying something besides small change in his right hand coat pocket.
9: Armed and unquestionably forewarned. Room service back in the room is getting impatient. Only a short drop to the ground. Louis, jump down. Jump? But, but and let that man down there come to you. You stay right down below the edge of the roof. I'm calling you. Louis, hurry. Okay.
10: Okay. Hey you. Oh me? Don't move. I never broke a in my life.
5: Keep your hands
7: away from your pocket. Yeah, but
5: they're in my pocket. I so. said... Okay, okay. I heard what you said. Well,
10: here goes. <laughs> Mr. Temple, you didn't say four, and you landed right on them.
9: Hey, got cold. Come on, Louis. Yeah, I already located this over to the left. Come on, let's take a cab, huh? Temple? Yeah? A very good foot racer, I ought to tell you. Hey! I'm not... I take it back, I just gained 50 miles an hour. We're almost to the cab. The light isn't too good for their aim. Their aim could be too bad for our health.
4: Ow! Hey Louie, were you hit? No, they scratched the fender, I just painted I'll
9: it. I'll buy you a new fender. Quick Louie, in.
5: Yeah.
9: What? Look, come on.
7: Mr. Tempter. did we stop
9: at a gas station on the way out? Yeah, yeah, the one with the flying red horse just outside the city. We should have taken the horse. Oh. Ah, no, we're going. Those bullets are breaking the speed limit. Yeah. Oh. oh, boy, I think we're out of range now. <laughs> as long as we ain't out of gas. Hey, Louie. What, 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 I just remembered. What is it, Mr. Templer? What happened? I forgot to pay the check. Mr. Templar? Yeah, Louie? I ain't as big a coward as I sound. <laughs> of course you're not. I'm bigger. Why don't we go home instead of visiting that tuba player, Louis? Theodore may be in danger. Uh huh. And when they fire bullets at us, we're not in danger. Huh? Uh, you mustn't forget, Louis, that Theodore has to worry about his tuba too. All this touches me. Okay, we'll
7: help Theodore protect the tuba. But if we wind up in the hospital, who'll need a tuba? We will. A mm-hmm. tuba toothpaste. <laughs>
9: Yeah, I guess he ain't in, Mr. Temple. Well, apparently not. How Hello. Ooh. That's a tuba place? Oh, good evening. Um, I'm Simon Temple. This is Louis.
10: I'm the Queen of Transylvania. But don't let that bother you.
9: Oh, well, may we come in? Of
10: course. The King is out of town. <laughs> well,
9: there's only one trouble about being the Queen of Transylvania. What's that? There is no such place as Transylvania.
10: You're right. <laughs> but I didn't want to frighten.
9: Up. Or upset the neighbors with your gun?
10: I always worry about the neighbors.
9: And now that you have your gun pointing at me, what am I supposed to worry about?
10: A good explanation of why you're looking for Theodore.
9: Why does that concern you?
10: I don't think I like people who go around
9: looking for Theodore. Maybe they can't help it. It's, it's a neurosis or something. Yeah, I might want to offer Theodore a job. Doing what? Well, uh, playing the tuba in an orchestra.
10: And I'm the Queen of Transylvania. You'll have to do better than
9: that, Mister Temple. Hmm. The car, unless I'm guessing badly, the number of people you dislike is shortly going to be increased. I don't... That car which just stopped outside may be bringing more seekers for Theodore. Don't move, please. (laughs) See anything interesting through that window? Car, just stop me.
6: Somebody's getting me. Both of you stay where you are. And don't try to follow
9: me. Hey, look at us. Well, right out the back door. That's not polite. No point in following her. I'd rather find her than Theodore. There another room. Back door. You, you still think maybe Theodore is here? I don't know. This is the bedroom. Oh, and... well. Well,
10: what, you, you found Theodore?
9: On the bed, Louis, Lying on a lovely white sheet. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's been shot full of holes. Don't look good on him. No, no. He's dead, thoroughly dead, but... Uh... That's not Theodore. The doorbell. Undoubtedly Mr. Stanley and his friends, however. Mr. Temple, this is no time to pick a corpse's pocket. Wallet. Yeah. All right, come on. We may still make it if they haven't put anyone on the back door.
7: And if they have?
9: Let's not cross any bridges until they collapse under it, huh? Something with
1: what you just said.
9: Clear out here. Fire case. Yeah. Yeah, I know. No bridges. We ought to be able to make it out of the building. You know something? this
4: is one time I would like to run into a cop who'll ask me where's the fire.
9: There's a more important question, Louie. Where is Theodore? Look, Mr. Templin, we had enough escapes for tonight? I don't know. Louis. the corpse back in Theodore's apartment was a man named Max Carter. Oh, that's why you swiped his wallet. There wasn't nobody around to introduce him to it. Yeah, that's right. Does that wallet also tell you why he was murdered? No. Therefore, yeah. suppose we stop at the nearest drugstore. Mr. Templer, I couldn't eat a thing. That's not what we need a drugstore for. Look, there's one up ahead, Louie. Okay. Hey, now, Mr. Templer, wouldn't you have thought that whoever killed that Carter guy could have been smart
4: enough at least to swipe the wallet so that the body wouldn't have been immediately identified?
9: Now, now, I suspect it was very important to the killer that the body be identified and quickly. I will say aha. Uh-huh. Aha. Uh-huh. 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 This this makes me sound smart like I understood what you said. <laughs> so now I can be a dope again. We're in the drugstore now, what? Can well, so we find a phone booth? Yeah. This one. Yeah. And we make a phone call. <coughs> Well, if you'd have had a chance at least to get a phone number, I would know who you were phoning. But you didn't. So who you phoned? The police. Louis, I've got to find out who Max Carter lieutenant is. Lieutenant
10: Archer here.
9: Oh, Lieutenant. Simon Temper. The
10: lieutenant just left for the upper Amazon. Good night. Well,
9: what's the matter with the lower Amazon? Too
10: low. <laughs> Simon, what can I do for you?
9: Who is Max Carter?
10: Crook. Drug addict. Blackmailer. A wholesome little character.
9: I see. Suppose he was found murdered.
10: I'd give three Cheers.
9: And after that, you'd suspect whom? Killing Carter? Huh.
10: Thousands of people. But the first guy I tried to
7: get in touch with would be a little tuba player named Theodore Coogan.
9: Theodore Coogan? Why, Lieutenant?
7: Coogan was engaged to a girl named Wendy Breen. Very much in love with her. She committed suicide.
9: Because of Carter, huh?
7: Yep. So, unless Theodore had an ironclad alibi... Lieutenant,
9: Lieutenant, not ironclad. That went out with a bustle.
7: Simon, why
9: are you interested? In the bustle? No, in Carter. Well, maybe he has a bustle. Goodbye, Lieutenant. That's interesting. What is? Louie, I am about to ruin an old property. Oh, Mr. Templer, be careful. It's sometimes necessary to pay the piper, true. But then it may also be necessary to prevent him from piping. Mm-hmm. This is Mr. Beckley's Did the lieutenant mention why he would suspect Theodore? Yes, Carter was the reason for his suicide of a girl named Wendy Breen. Theodore was going to marry her. Oh, that's plenty motive. Yeah. Okay, the cab. (laughs) Well, where to? Oh, twice around the park. Huh? Mr. Templer, you're not the man you used to be. Don't be silly, Louie. The Queen of Transylvania has joined us. Uh
10: Uh-huh. I've been following
9: you two. Well, we're flattered.
10: When you stopped, I paid off my cab and
9: decided to use yours. Oh, cozier? Cheap.
10: <laughs> Mr. Templer, why were you looking for Theodore?
9: I wasn't. Not in his apartment, at any rate.
10: What were you looking for?
9: You know that as well as I do. You'd better tell me anyway. You know, you really should have words with your dressmaker, your revolver showing again. Besides, do I really have to tell you? You were in the bedroom.
6: No, I didn't have a chance to... I mean... Go on,
9: start the car. I stopped, Mr. Templer? You start, Louie. Now, suppose you tell me what you were looking for. I'm
6: the one who has the gun. I don't have to answer
9: any questions. Not mine, perhaps. The police harbor will be ruder and more insistent. The
7: police? Mm. Excuse me for interrupting, Mr. Templer, but uh, we are being followed. Oh, by
9: someone else beside the Queen here? <laughs> Must make quite a procession. Louis, can you get any more speed out of this cab? Oh, well, there's your car right in front of me, going slow. Then you might try passing it. Okay. Hey, he's swinging over right in front of us. The... Oh!
10: How do you like that? Oh,
9: well, Mr. Stanley is thorough. One car in front of us, one behind. They were boxed in.
10: Good evening, Mr. Deppler.
9: Louis will sue you, Mr. Stanley. He's very touchy around the fenders. Ah,
10: oh, indeed. Well. Wow. Can
9: that be my beautiful moon?
10: I've got a gun. Half a dozen of my boys surrounding the cabin. You'd better let me have that gun. Uh. Thank you. Now then, we will all join me in my car. I uh, think you'll find it more comfortable.
9: But I like it here. Besides, your car is black. It reminds me of a funeral.
10: You know, that's a very interesting comment because that may be precisely where all of you are going.
5: (laughs)
9: Stanley Casino, huh? Beginning to feel like my little home away from home. Well, I'm so glad. Back away, boys.
7: Come on, come on.
6: You don't have to push.
10: My office. No one minds. Oh no, my love?
6: I don't mind.
10: Good. Ain't you gonna ask me to? No. But I mind. Shut up. All right. I just don't like to be overlooked. Make yourselves comfortable. My boys will remain
9: here to keep us company. Now then, what to do about you? Not I... quite yet. Mr. Stanley, I need five minutes of your time. Five minutes? Well, I might be able to spare them. Why would Mona here of wanted Max Carter dead?
10: An interesting question. I suspect he was blackmailing her. Mona has been a naughty
9: girl. On occasions. Then she was in Theodore's apartment in order to kill... I wouldn't kill Theodore. We're friends. I beg your pardon. I hadn't been thinking of Theodore, however. Mr. Stanley, had you also tired of paying Carter off? The tense you're using bothers me, Pepper. Oh, stop. You know as well as I do that Carter's dead. Oh? But, Mona, you told Louie and me that you hadn't been in the bedroom. How did you know Carter was dead?
10: Ah, uh, I, I just guessed. That's a
9: very tired attempt, Mona.
10: You know, Templar, you're the bearer of very welcome news.
9: I am? Then <laughs> Carter was blackmailing, you know. Discreet mm. silence. However, it's no longer worrying you with Mona's admission. And by the way, Theodore must be on his way home now, huh? I wouldn't be at all surprised. Although I can't understand why you assume I know anything
10: of Theodore's whereabouts. No? Well, in that case, we may as well leave. Yes, I think so. <laughs> Will you drop Mona off at police headquarters? I didn't
6: kill Carter. I would have
10: liked to, but he was already dead. My dear girl, I suggest that you save that impassioned cry for the jury. What jury? The one that will try her for the murder of Max Carter.
9: Oh, but she won't be tried for that. She didn't murder Carter. Well, I thought... Uh... I'm sure the police would prefer Theodore. Theodore? Of course, Louis. We know he had a magnificent motive. Lieutenant Archer himself said Theodore would be in line for the chair unless he had an alibi. Yeah, but he's got an alibi. He, he, he... No, no, no. What Theodore will try to say is that he was hired as a tuba player by Mr. Stanley here. Came to the casino, but instead of being permitted to play, he was bundled into a car, driven about for hours, and then released.
6: Well, that
10: would give him an alibi.
9: If he were believed. But his alibi depends entirely on whether or not Stanley really hired him. Mr. Stanley has already told us he didn't.
10: Yeah, but he could be lying.
9: Possibly, but after a jury heard Theodore play the Cuba just once, <laughs> whom would they believe? No
10: one would believe
9: Theodore. So Theodore would stand a very good chance of dying in the electric chair. However, oddly enough, Theodore will be believed. Having fun, Templar? First you printed on Mona, then
10: on Theodore. Now suddenly you're changing your mind again. What's the idea?
9: You'll be believed because first I shall corroborate his story. The jury could think that you were perjuring yourself for a friend. No, because you see Stanley, other people besides Mona and Theodore wanted Carter dead. Let's suppose that one of them got Theodore out of his apartment and then put Max Carter's already dead body in there. That would put Theodore, if you'll pardon the expression, on the spot. Well, how would this theoretical person get Theodore out? By making him a fake offer of employment. By seeing to it that no one would later believe in that offer. By also making sure that Theodore would have no alibi for the critical time. Mm -hmm. That person, according to you, could only be myself. (laughs) That's a clever theory. More than a theory, Stanley. Carter was shot full of holes. That's how I described it. Yet the sheet on which he was lying on the bed in Theodore's apartment was a lovely white sheet. That's how you describe it. But it should have been red with Carter's blood. Therefore, Carter was killed elsewhere and moved to Theodore's apartment. That does it, Templar. I'm afraid. You'd been bright enough to keep your mouth shut. What's that? I suspected the police. I didn't notify them earlier because Theodore was in your hands. What I did do, however, was leave a matchbook in Carter's pocket. A matchbook? Yes, yes, one supplied by your management when Louis and I dined here. I knew your plan called for one of your men to notify the police anonymously of Carter's death in Theodore's apartment. Then before I... Okay,
5: open up.
9: You're having company, Mr. Stanley. You'd better open the door. They're calling for you. <laughs>
7: Mr. Templar, we got through it
9: alive. Perhaps. But
10: will we ever be the same? Is that bad, Simon?
9: Well, I never would have met the Queen of Transylvania otherwise, so
5: Simon. Mm. Oh. So?
9: So? So long live the Queen. <laughs>
7: have been listening to another transcribed adventure of the Saint, the Robin Hood of modern crime. Now here is our star, Vincent Price.
9: Ladies and gentlemen, almost by definition, freedom has been an integral part of America. It is the foundation upon which our political philosophy is based. And now we must reaffirm our faith in that philosophy. This is the sentiment expressed by the crusade for freedom. The purpose of the crusade is simple. First, to bring moral and financial support to a radio station operating in the heart of Europe itself, a radio station which gives the communist-dominated countries a chance to hear the voices of their exiled democratic leaders, to tell the world just what America stands for, and to bring the truth to the ears of subjugated Europe, to reaffirm your faith in freedom, join the crusade, for America, for all humanity. This is Vincent Price inviting you to join us again next week at this same time for another exciting adventure of the saint. Good night.
7: This Adventure of the Saint was written by Lewis Viddy. Our cast included Mikey Morley as Mona and Jack Moyles with Theodore. Victor Rodman with Stanley, Frank Gerstle the lieutenant, and Louie is played by Larry Dobkin. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris, is a James L. Saffier production and is directed by Helen Mack. Vincent Price is soon to be seen with Errol Flynn and Michael Prell in William Marshall's production of Bloodline. Saint fans will be glad to know that the comic books are now available on the newsstand. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. Today, Cary Grant and Betsy Drake star in the premiere of a delightful newcomer to the NBC Sunday lineup, Mr. and Mrs. Landing It's top listening, so be sure to hear the Cary grants of Mr. and Mrs. Blandings later on NBC.
1: Thanks for listening. Tomorrow night, we wrap up the week with X-1, followed by Phil Harris and Alice Fay. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night.